So how strategic is it to select those three pairings at the World Championships? So, I mean, you've got three pairs and obviously each of the pairs, they've got to be used to playing with each other, but it's really important to get a good matchup if you want to make sure you win that match. Welcome to this week's podcast, where we're going to be discussing the World Championships qualifying that took place in the UK. We're also going to be discussing this week's video, where we talk about possession and communication on court as a pair. And then, as always, we'll finish with a couple of questions from our community. So, Sandy, how was your weekend up in Derby at the World Championships? It was a great weekend. I mean, obviously, you know, from the result side, it was it was good, but. Really, from my side, like I love competing, and so it was just nice to play a, a week full of competition. You know, the first few days we got extra days training with our team, and which which was great. And you know, we got used to playing with each other, which often we don't get that chance before a World Championships or a European Championships. Um, so we played those matches there. Then we went to the the main competition, and again, you know, strong competition every day, which. Is great for the paddle, but also great for the soul. Like I, I really enjoy like you know good competition, and so um, yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. So GB secured third place for the mm. men's team. Mm. Um, what are sort of some shock results or anything you thought was was quite interesting? This. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's a shock, but it's it's always quite surprising to see teams that you know have almost come from nowhere. Like our first match was against Hungary, and. Uh, you know, you would think, well, they probably don't have much paddle there. It's quite new, um, but they were good. I mean, you know, some some kind of ex-tennis players that have, you know, relatively recently taken the sport up and they play well. And, and Austria, the same, you know, all of these teams now are getting stronger and stronger. You know, Monaco is there and they were good as well. And, and so, you know, very soon there's not going to be any easy matches out there um, and and. You know, I think also from the women's side as well, like, you know, the women's teams are, are getting stronger. You know, the, I saw the Finnish team competing really well. I see, you know, see the Danish team, the Polish team, that, that everyone is is playing well. Um, and and I'm, I'm not saying it's a shock, but it's, it's great to see that, like year on year, just, you know, kind of compounding the improvement. And uh, yes, we qualified. Unfortunately, the, the, the GB ladies, they, they lost in the semifinals to a very strong Sweden. Um, you know, so Sweden and Portugal were the two qualifiers from the ladies, only two qualifiers for ladies because there were 13 teams. The men's had three qualifiers because there were 18 teams. And, um, you know, for them, it was Portugal. I was going to say Sweden, but Sweden played Portugal in the first. Uh, Netherlands and then us, um, Great Britain. So, you know, the... The, I suppose the, the main shock came when the draw was made because Portugal, do you remember we talked about yeah. it on the last podcast about how, you know, everyone was trying to avoid Portugal. Everyone's trying to avoid <laughs> Portugal and Portugal play, you got drawn with Sweden in their groups and it was the first match of the tournament and, and what a match. I mean, it was, you know, a, a great match between, you know, two very strong Portuguese guys and, and Danny Windell, who had just played in World Paddle Tour, came, came across for that and he played with one of the younger Swedes. And, um, you know, that, that match ended up, I think it was three sets. It was almost, you know, that was going to decide, uh, you know, which way that, that match would swing and, and Portugal ended up winning and therefore Sweden have not qualified, which is a bit of a shock result because their team is so strong. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, really, it was it was great to see the level from from all countries. I think great for UK paddle, particularly hosting it in Derby, 
raising awareness a lot of people came to watch and support and i think it was just great for yeah for the local population to to see such a high level of paddle i think it was great for the local population it was also great for the federation um you know the the, the facility was you know one of the ladak facilities so it was you know 11 indoor courts and they were newly put in and it was a nice atmosphere and you know portuguese fans the swedish fans came and and you know there's a really buzzing lively atmosphere and a series of, uh, you know, games that the LTA, their, their kind of representatives came and watched and they were really kind of impressed with, you know, the level, the, the atmosphere around the club, you know, the, the, the behaviour of, of the players. And, and I think we needed that in this country because, you know, we're, we're still at about 200 courts. So we, we need that, that push. And uh, so it was, you know, it was great for that and, and, and obviously great for all of these people who are not used to seeing a high level to 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 watch it live and and uh, to see it and understand it so dubai coming up in a few weeks mm. what are you sort of going away with the gb team and and getting them to sort of prepare you know how, how are they going to prepare for for these really strong teams that are going to be in dubai is there anything Anything specific you take away from from this competition? You think it's a, it's a short amount of time, isn't it? But it's it's not long. It's three weeks, and you, when you look at the teams and the, the differences between the teams, there's there's not huge. You know, no one is saying one person can hit a vibra and the other one can't. Like there's not there's not technical big technical differences. The differences really come with you know consistency and shot choice, and you know playing the lob a little bit higher and a little bit deeper and you know not making a, an un, one unforced error like if you can cut one forced one unforced error out of each game then you know you, you're, you're improving your level and when we go to Dubai it's the main draw so all of these teams are going to be strong there's not going to be we're not going to have any easy matches so you know getting that extra consistency with your lobs extra consistency and accuracy with your bandekas you know those are the things that we can work on in in this short space of time and it will be outdoors so and it's going to be um you know at the tennis stadium which is is amazing and and obviously i i know dubai really well i spent a long time there so i know how they will set the tournament up and it will be probably the best world championships that that you know has has been to this point and you will be able to run out 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 the court which is a big factor at this level and also you know it's outdoors so these high lobs and and, and you know playing that type of game is going to be is going to be crucial digging into the the actual match play that you you had last week how do you assess matches that you've won matches that you've lost is there anything that you come away afterwards and and do specifically or, or is it you know quite a short period of time you think about what happened what what you could have done better and then move straight on like how, how do you how do you kind of approach that yeah i mean me me personally and and you've competed a lot so you 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 will understand this as well but it's me personally i'll reflect on the match whether i've won or lost and then I'll, I'll really try and be as objective as possible. And the nice thing is all those games are streamed so I can go back and watch. And now I'm, I'm not watching, you know, in the heat of battle. I'm watching, you know, as an outsider and I'm saying, right, you know, I may be making too many mistakes here or I could improve when they serve down the tee. I could improve my, my lob, you know, for my high lob from that position. And I'm probably picking out a couple of things that I need to work on, um, you know, along with that physically as well, just kind of maybe improving my mobility a little bit, maybe just putting in, you know, an extra bit of cardio time to make sure that I get through those longer matches. 
you know, uh, I'm also thinking that in Dubai, you know, often that time of year it's quite humid. So, uh, you know, fitness will, will definitely be a factor. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I'm already thinking, right, how can I slot this into my, into my game and, and, or my daily routine, my weekly routine, because I'll still be based in the UK. So I'm not going to have lots of good matches between now and then. So I need to, to, you know, maybe do some conditioning and, and also maybe focus on a, a couple of the, the, the drills or areas of the game. You talked about video analysis and how important that is, you know, on the live stream to look at your matches afterwards and make that difference between what you thought was happening in the middle of the match and what mm. actually is happening. How important is is looking at videos of yourself playing? I think it can't be underestimated. Can no, the value it's of it. huge. It's huge. And we see that with our students, right? Like we spend time, we go through their, their, their matches, their, that we analyse their games, we give them bits to work on. And I mean, they make real progress. First is that realisation of what they're actually doing. And sometimes for a coach is a bit of proof, right? We need a bit of proof to say, actually, this is what you're doing. And we watch it back in slow-mo and we say, here the, here the issues are. But you know, as a player as well, you know, sometimes you're thinking one thing on the court and you're thinking I'm doing, you know, far too much of this and you watch and you think, oh, actually, I'm not maybe not doing it enough or, yeah. uh, you know, or even the other way around where you feel like, you know, you haven't done enough of something. And, and this is exactly what this analysis is for. And, and nowadays, I mean, at this level, most of these pro matches are streamed so there's no excuse and and in most clubs or a lot of clubs around the world you have the option of you know streaming on court or you just set up a, you know a simple tripod with your phone and, and you record bits yourself and it's it's actually really easy to do that and and it, what a difference it makes to your game it, it's huge i think interestingly no, it doesn't matter what level you are whether you're a beginner or even up to professional i think it's as important, I think, no mm. matter what, what level you are. It's not, mm. not just for beginners, is it? It's, no, but well, we use it, uh, you know, as coaches, you and I, we both use it, you know, yeah, and that's yeah. why we have a tripod in our bag to, for the players to show them what they're doing. Because, you know, how many times have we talked about the bandeja and, and they've said, yeah, my arm is, you know, high at the back or it is straight at the back. And you look at the video and you say, well, actually it's here. And they're like, oh, I didn't realise. Yeah, and, they have that aha moment, it, it don't they? instantly, yeah. you know, instantly improves after that because they, they actually see what, what they're doing wrong. So, uh, yeah, I can't, neither of us can emphasise that enough. It, it's, it's crucial. So a big part of working with a pair is communication and the video this week is on hogging in paddle. How important is communication when it comes to deciding whose who's balls is whose? Yeah, I mean, it's crucial at every level. Like, you know, even we've saw this week playing with the same partner for the whole week, lots of matches, your communication by the end of the week is, is so much better. It's so much more refined. You, you, you're calling what you know that your partner needs. Um, and, and as a new pair, you probably need to do more communication or extra communication just to find that mix so that you gel together as a pair. And yeah, whatever the level. I, I mean, at the beginning, well, you know how difficult it is. We have our clinics and we say, right, let's start our communication. Talk about where your opponents are. And, you know, if you come from tennis or, or you know, other sports it's the same in in team sports as well that you're so used to calling yours and mine like that that's all that's being called uh you know and so it's it's a huge part of the game is is getting out that communication and we see it at the world paddle tour i mean how much are the pros talking to each other yeah the funny is that the yours and mine it's it's usually it's yours it's yours yeah <laughs> yours yours and, and then the tennis player ducks and crosses yeah. over to the net while the other person runs into that back corner um, but it's, I mean, the possession and the sides, it's completely different, isn't it? You, you cover your own side and, 
yeah, you, you see, I mean, the pros there, it's, it, it's almost like they're having a running conversation throughout the point. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When you, when you watch those, those sort of tour guys, you know, playing, that's, they're using communication to actually, to their advantage, right? Mm. I think not a lot of the time when you first start paddle, it's, you're sort of communicating just to kind of keep the point alive. But mm. for those guys are actually using communication to, to their advantage to actually tell them where exactly they're on the court so they can, you know, make the most of that. Whereas, mm. yeah, communication is kind of seen, I think, at the beginner level of, like you said, yours, mine, just trying to sort of not lose the point. It's interesting how, how different that is. Yeah, it kind of goes in stages, doesn't it? At the beginning, everyone is saying yours or mine. And then they go through a stage of saying, you know, both up, both back. And, 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 and in, in between that, there's a time where they're not even looking at their opponents. And they just say both at net. You know, yeah. and then their partner hits. And then that next stage, as you go to a slightly higher level, is is differentiating one back, one forward, you know. And, and you might say, if you know the names, then you use the name. Or, or you might say yours back or cross back or line back or whatever it might be. And if you say cross back, that implies that the one down the line is at net. So you only need to call that once. And it's it's just getting in used to that communication. And this is obviously what the video is, is, is about this week, is, is that kind of hogging, you know, and, and coming across and taking your, your partner's, you know, confidence in a way. If we're playing together and every time that lob goes over your head, I'm running across and saying mine and taking that ball, you know, after a while you're going to be, you know, kind of moving to the side and avoiding the ball and, and therefore you will lose confidence on it. And what often happened, this happened to me loads when I was starting, was you, you let the player take it because you're thinking they're more confident or they're more experienced or whatever it might be. And then you get to a stage where later on in the match where you get the lob and you do this and your partner's, you know, not taking it anymore. A, because, you know, they're tired or B, because, you know, finally they're, they're letting you play some of the balls, but it's too late by then. You've lost, you know, it's really damaging to your confidence if a partner keeps coming across and taking that ball. Plus, they're out of position most of the time. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I remember you always said to me that having that confidence, you know, calling, calling with confidence. And obviously, mm. we talked about hogging, and I think there's there's probably a balance, isn't there, between taking your partner's ball and you know confidently saying mine, and you know when it's not not your ball to take. Mm. But I think you've always said to me that communication, even if you get it wrong, even if you know you're you're communicating with your partner and you say both back or both at net, and you know they're it's mm. it's, it's wrong that perhaps they've moved. Just having that assertive communication making sure you are making making yeah. the right calls if, if you can and if you're not then you know just at least yeah. make the calls yeah because i mean if if i'm lobbed and i'm running back and you tell me both at net and and maybe one of them is hanging back at least i am now committing to a shot i'm thinking they're both at net and i'm committing to a shot whereas if you don't tell me anything I'm thinking I want I don't know where they are I wonder where they are you know and so it is it's 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 being assertive and 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 really almost like saying it as a command like you know and saying that's where they are you make the choice and this again goes to that thing of hogging and confidence if the ball goes up and you know you've got to say mine and take it like take it with confidence because you know particularly if you're playing with a more experienced player or a stronger player and, and you think maybe they could hit that shot better it doesn't matter you've got to be like you know learn that confidence even if you're faking that confidence you've got to to do that so that you keep taking the ball and you you know even if you make a mistake you'll, you'll get better at it during during the game but you know that that is, is it's really important that the mix of you know communication in a positive way and and being assertive um you know on both sides of the court should we jump into our questions for this week I yeah think let's do it one is related to to the hogging and paddle which i think is uh 
would be a good one to answer. So yeah, this week, uh, the video we've discussed, hogging and paddle. How does that work when you're playing with a lefty? Mm. If you're right-handed. Yeah, so I think um, there's two things. If you're playing with a lefty at the beginning and you're a new, a new pair, you've got, this is again where assertive communication is key because if, if you're left-handed, for example, and you're playing on the right and I'm playing on this side, and I'm used to playing with right-handers, I will take a lot of those balls down the middle. But you as a lefty have to be really assertive to say, that's mine, you know, I can take it as well with a bandeca or vibra, you know, and, and so, and, and be really loud. Like that was something we said before when we were in Sweden, that the calls were too polite, you know, you're, you're being too much of a, a gentleman if you're just saying mine, and, and, and then there's no, no kind of confidence if you call very softly that's your ball I'm, I'm thinking oh maybe I still have to yeah, take that sure. yeah, yeah exactly whereas if you shout mine and you're, you're assertive I'll be like yep he's got those balls I will feel confident now in, in him taking that shot and I mean that's that's one thing like when you start playing with a lefty and then it's just realizing that a lot of those balls you could attack as well you know or you could defend with your bandeca as well so it's it's just being aware of that and and like i said with you know the more matches you play the more used to the partner you get and therefore the easier it will become particularly with a lefty once you do get that communication right it's a real advantage isn't oh, it oh it's great to have a lefty you know because suddenly you can press the net a little bit more you can be a bit more aggressive knowing they've got a bandeca in the middle that can cover you you know and and it, yeah one if you get that mix right then um yeah it's it can be really good so the second question we have is, I find myself getting too close to the ball. How can I practice finding the right distance from the ball? Yeah, and, and we, we see this a lot. And I'm not sure if this is, you know, in front of the glass or after the back glass or with a double glass. Uh, but it, it comes back to this, this preparation, really, isn't it? it? I mean, you know, split step kind of being in a, a good, well, being in a good ready position, position first, you know, split stepping, reading what, what's going to happen and then reacting with a, you know, a quick first step. And if you're in the ready position and you do a, a well-timed split step and you immediately move from that split step with the first step and you start the footwork process to get into position, you often can't go wrong because you, you're, you've moved early enough the difficulty is when you miss the split step or you're not in the ready position or you're on your heels or maybe you split step and then go back on your heels, then it's really difficult to, to get moving again quickly. I mean, you know, the acceleration comes from, you know, that, that, that bounce on the toes and then pushing off, doesn't it? And so, I mean, I think if you can get that early preparation bit sorted, you will already be faster. And then it's just a question of judging judging the distance. I mean, what, what advice would you give for, for someone to try and get that distance right? No, I think spot on. I think the, the movement, if you don't get that right, then you're always playing catch up. Mm -hmm. and I, I think you're always going to be struggling. I think the biggest thing for me that I see with students is the contact point and almost having that focus of, you know, especially if we talk about distance from the ball, for example, you know, this way or this way, and you're, you know, you're finding yourself too close or too far. What seems to help a lot of people is to focus on, okay, the contact has to be, you know, I'm looking to contact the ball here. Mm. Therefore, everything else seems to fall into place. You know, you, you start getting the distance from the body. Mm. You do a few exercises to really zone in on that contact point. I think that for a lot of students, I think that also helps. But I absolutely agree. I think if, if that movement to start with is not there, then you can forget about getting that right contact point because you're, you're always going to be kind of chasing, yeah. chasing the ball. Yeah. 
No, I mean, it's, it's practice, isn't it, at the end of the day? And, and like with anything, you know, as much as I'm going to go away now for the next few weeks and practice hitting high lobs, people need to practice getting in the right position. And, you know, there's things to work on at, at every level. Exciting few weeks ahead for you. It is, it is. Yeah. Exciting and busy few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. The, get training, get in the gym. I know, I yeah. know. I'm mixing that in with all the video content we're making, so I'm, I'm going to be a busy man. Mm. No, but it's, it's really exciting. I think it's um, yeah, great, for, great for all the countries that can make it, and even the countries that didn't make it, it's, it's great to be able to play, play in those world champs and you come back again next year well, I, I mean, I think like the, like the British team, the female team, you know, they didn't quite make it this time. But if anything, it's good because it's, you know, most of the team hadn't played against or seen that level of competition. I mean, you know, the girls played against Amanda Guido and Carolina Navarro, who, who were like top players. So they will go away from that. And now they've got, you know, something to really focus on and to really train. So, um, yeah, it, I think it's, it's great for all of the players involved. So the next few podcasts, we've got a few, a few left. So we'll, we'll see the transformation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll be sitting up a little bit straighter each week. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, also, it's worth referencing the, the previous podcast. And, and we'll put that link uh, down here for the previous podcast where we talk about preparation for that, for that match play. Because I think that, that's really useful. And uh, don't forget to subscribe and, and uh, follow us on the, the podcast on Spotify. Mm -hmm.